you ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. But without victory there is no survival. Now we are the masters of our faith. My name is Rick Napier, the CEO at Real People USA LLC. Website is rpusa.org. Direct telephone number, because I'm not scared, is 726-999-0999. And we take calls from just about anybody. Um, three, uh, Real People USA LLC is a consulting firm we help candidates with campaign activities such as fundraising such as having using a system uh communications and our motto is work hard work smart uh, have a strategy and communicate often so we will we will continue this is a live a live broadcast so uh if you're calling in um i will in other words if if you're calling in and you hear my voice then i know that you're on the the live call and all you have to do is say hey rick that's all you have to say and then i'll cue you in to come in next to talk for for a few minutes but we will continue this conversation with ruben young florida republican candidate in district 25 serving south broward and i'll just go through the cities and if i miss one you can you can uh you know catch me and uh you know fill in the blanks but let me start with what i know and restart with the ones that i always forget miramar davy weston pembroke pines hollandale dania beach what did I, what did i miss in uh, hollywood oh, davy man how can i forget about hollywood that's where i always land when i come into uh yeah. to fort lauderdale Hollywood. That's oh, yeah. right. That's right. Well, wow. <laughs> can I forget yeah. that one? <laughs> I've been there like four times. So, so welcome, Ruben. How you doing? I'm doing just fine, Rick. I'm glad to be on your program again. You are always someone that I look forward to uh, talking with, somebody that I look forward to asking the questions that people don't ask. And I look forward to just you know, spending time with you and your audience. And I appreciate giving me an opportunity to uh, speak, uh, speak regularly on your on your podcast, because I think uh, this is about bringing the type of uh, consulting to candidates, uh, especially grassroots candidates, because I'm I'm 100 percent grassroots, no big money here. And I'm now going against Debbie Wasserman Schultz for this district. Uh, She's been in that uh, been in position now since 2004. And I now think it's time for uh, a new approach, new ideas, uh, fresh start to take place in this district. And so I'm glad to just, again, once again, be on your program. Well, I tell you what, um, I want to thank you for that. And I also want to say people listening to this podcast episode or the show live, or if you're listening to the recording, this election is not about Ruben. And I know a lot of people out there, like they like to say, well, so what is he going to do for me? What is Ruben going to do? What is the Republican candidate going to do for me? And then I'll decide if I vote for him. No, 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 Jose. That is not 
what's going on right now. What's going on right now is what do you want as a future for your country? What do you want for the future of South Broward and those cities that uh, that Ruben just mentioned? So in the past, you know, 15 years ago, it, it was it was it was the it was the candidate that had to do some hard pitching for for being elected because your life, you know, voters was not that bad. I mean, you had you can go on vacation. You, most people had a job. Most people, you know, could, you know, could drive a car that they wanted. Maybe you can go from an apartment to a house because the home prices were not that high. Maybe you could afford to put, you know, you, you could fill your tank up in your car. But now as gas is approaching $455 in South Florida and here broadcasting live a little north of San Francisco, gas prices are approaching $650 and real close to $7 a gallon. This election is not about Reuben. It's about what do you want? Because you've seen what the people like Debbie Wasserman Schultz, what she has and let's go, Brandon. We don't use that other name on this pot on this uh, show. We don't use the other uh, B word. We use let's go, Brandon, on this episode. So, Ruben, I just want to let you know and your listeners know, uh, and you can start with this topic. The other day you called me and you said, Rick, you are the only friend that I have now. <laughs> so please talk about what you meant by that when you said, Rick, you're the only friend that I have and you're the only person I can trust with getting some good information. What do you what did you exactly mean by that, Mr. Reuben Young? OK, so, you know, uh, running for office, I mean, just to be real, since we aren't real people, uh, real people USA, where you can have a dialogue, have a conversation, don't have to worry about putting your professional or political hat on. So you can talk directly to you and talk directly to your listeners. But what I meant by that, this has been a lonely journey. Uh, since I started, uh, I have not had the type of uh, had the right people uh, in my corner. Somebody who would uh, go that last mile with me. Somebody who would stand on the battlefield with me. And when I'm shooting one way, uh, you have that person shooting the other way because we are in a war. And but people don't see it like this. So it's always good when you can speak to somebody of intelligence, uh, somebody who have your best interests. At heart, and this is what I meant when I felt that because now I've gotten to know you. Uh, every uh, information, every piece of information you gave to me, every uh, advice you have given to me, it's been good advice. It's been something that uh, moved my campaign, uh, my grassroots campaign forward. And it's that forwardness uh, that I really, really, really appreciate because I've had people try to sabotage me. I've had people steal petitions. I've, I've had people go out and try to badmouth me. I've had people do it. Uh, before I gave my car up so I could continue the movement, I had someone to look like they shot my tire, scratched my car, paint up, uh, just doing all kinds of ugly and nasty things uh, to me. So uh, I came to that point throughout this campaign that it's good when you can talk to somebody who has a listening ear and not just have a listener, but give you the information and advice that you need when you sometimes you feel a bit down or you feel a bit discouraged 
and someone can come along and say just one key word, and that one key word makes a makes a difference in a campaign. So uh, that's what I meant when I said that you are the only friend that I have on this journey because you've shown me that you are out to not just uh, put Republicans in places in many different places, but you're somebody somebody people can trust. And you are, you don't have any bad intentions. I don't feel no ill will uh, in you you in knowing you. And so you're the type of person that I would. Uh, that would remain friends uh, uh, in this campaign and the next campaign. And I look forward down the road to having someone like you working uh, with me so we can move this agenda forward. So that's what I meant when I said you're the only friend uh, that I have at this time that, that really been looking out for me and my efforts. And I thank you for that. Well, I appreciate that. And I just want to let listeners know that uh, I am a Florida native. You know, I was born and raised in Tampa, lived uh, down in Opelika for a minute, uh, have relatives down actually in the South Broward community. And uh, so right. that's the Dania, Dania Beach. So, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I just want to let people know, even though I'm on the West Coast, my heart is in Florida because I don't want to see Florida ever become like California is. Because if Florida ever becomes like like California voters, you will be sorry. Let me tell you, we got so many problems out here in California. It's not even, I mean, I could probably talk for eight hours straight about the, the challenges that we have with these Democrats, Gavin Newsom, uh, Nancy Pelosi, her district is San Francisco. And if you ever come to San Francisco, you need to wear uh, plastic gloves, plastic shoes, uh, you need to not step on uh, syringes. You need to not step on, step in poop. You need to watch your back. You can't drive your car to the city and park it because it'll get smashed and people will steal something as little as your charger from your car if they see it. And if you have other stuff in your car, you might as well paint it gone. So I want to I want to thank you for that. And yes, man, I, I want to see you win. I think you're doing all the necessary things that you need to do to win. And the reason why I know that you're doing the things that you need to win is because other people are not doing it. And as a former sales executive, I can tell you, you are doing exactly what you need to do. And I wanna start by congratulating you for getting out probably 8,000 flyers within the last week uh, down in, in, in uh, South Broward. So please talk about your diligence and pursuit of of of, uh, of excellence. That's I think that's the Raiders, Oakland Raiders, saying or something similar to that. But please tell the listening audience what you've been doing with getting out these eight thousand flyers in the last week. All right, so you know I, I have triggers. I have something that has been with me a long time. You know, when I was a kid, I was bullied. I was picked on and pushed around because I was the littlest person in the room. But I was also somebody that was uh, uh, dedicated to my learnings. I, I used to study all the time. I used to read all the time. I used to be in spelling bees all the time. So that, uh, that taught me about commitment. I'm one of the most committed persons that I know. And when I take on anything, I don't do it half-baked. 
And this is why, you know, I was able to get on the ballot by petition when people told me that I wasn't going to get on the ballot by petition. I went out in my pursuit because I believe in myself. So when others count me out, I count myself in. I never put my ability or my determination to do something down. So I got on the ballot, uh, got the required uh, 2568, which actually my number is 2623. And I did that by traveling all over the state. I put my best foot forward. I talked to probably over 50,000 people within the course of a year because it took me about a year to get the job done because I reached out to a lot of people to try to help me, but no one wanted and nobody saw enough in me to help me. So that's when I kicked in the overdraft because it made me feel like I used to hear when I was growing up that I wasn't going to do this and I wasn't going to be this and I wasn't going to turn out uh, amount to anything. And so I, I carried those trips. So over the last week, now that I'm a qualified candidate and my name will be on the ballot and I will be the first Republican to qualify uh, 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 and get on the ballot in this particular district. No one have ever made that attempt and I've done that and I, I packed myself and I, I thank you for all the words of inspiration. So now it's, back, it's now back to being boost on the ground. I, uh, I went into uh, the new district and I, I spent over a week uh, canvassing the district. I spent over a week talking to people, asking them to vote for me, give me an opportunity. And over the course of a week, I know I've, I've put out about 8,000 pieces of uh, information. I've actually either put it on doors, I've canvassed buildings, I've gone to seven floors, I've walked upstairs, I've walked downstairs, I've you know gone into a lot of different areas, I've gone into trailer parks, I've gone into motel areas, I've gone to businesses. I've been canvassing because I want the word to get out that there's a new approach, there's a new face that's on the scene, there's a new sheriff in town, someone that's not going to do like the old representative, but somebody who's been prepared for this moment, a moment to take on the tough challenges, to take on a district that has been neglected and left, uh, left to the side. So I spent that time in the Hollandale area, I've also uh, spent time in the Hollywood area. And I've been pretty much asking people, talking to those that would, would allow me to talk to them. And I've asked them to come out, give me a chance, give me a shot at this, uh, and come on vote for me in the primary. Uh, because I have to get through the primary in order to get to the goal. But it's been a, a, an excellent journey. I, I spent more time out this morning. I got out of the house around eight o'clock. I got to my destination around nine. I ate something uh, very briefly so I don't I have the energy that I need, that morning energy, and I went to work. So it's been a it's been a journey. I've canvassed. I've called myself now getting ahead of the fray because we're now moving into qualifying, and I have to be in Tallahassee next week to turn in my papers. And I'm not gonna let anything stop me. So I want to do as much groundwork because you can't win campaigns by putting billboards up. And that's what the last candidate did. They just put billboards up and they thought that that was going to, that's enough. But people want to see you. They want to shake your hand. They want to talk to you. They want to say to you, I wish you well, good luck. And then your response, if you're a person that's sincere about this, pray for me. I'm asking you just to pray for me. And to hear their response. 
Yes, sir. I will be praying for you. Making that connection with voters, making that connection with people, and pretty much letting people see your sincerity, your de de dedication, and determination. And I want to say this, Rick. Uh, over the weekend, I was in an area, and I walked. I mean, I walked in Canada, a big area. I started from one plane, and I ended up all the way at the end. And when I got there, I was all sweaty up. Uh, my shirt was drenched, and I came across a park. And there was a, a, a man with his kids on the park. There was two, actually two men. One man, one person went to talk to me, which I don't take that person. But the other gentleman came and he talked to me. And he saw me all dressed in sweat and I introduced myself. And he didn't, he didn't misjudge me because sometimes people want you to be all dressed up. But that son is hot. So I, 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 I'm a casual door-to-door -door campaigner. So I made my approach. I asked him for his opportunity to vote for me. And when he was leaving the park and he saw me it's still in the neighborhood, putting my flyers in these doors, canvassing, talking to people. He pulled up and stopped. He said, Ruben, I'm voting for you. Because I, what I did, he actually saw a candidate in the community. You put sweat in the game. I'm, I'm dressed with sweat. And he saw that I was dead serious. I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm walking, flying, going, up, going upstairs, going downstairs, being chased by dogs. Being chased by, by, by dogs. And which you know that's part of the that's part of the journey. But this, this is the kind of experiences that I will remember. The people that I come across, I will remember. And when God put me in this seat, this won't be my victory. It'll be everybody else's victory that helped me get to uh, help me climb up that pole. So it's been a great journey, Rick. I'm happy where we are right now. I'm a grassroots campaigner. Uh, I'm happy where we are, and I have I have not counted myself out because I really do truly believe that I'm, I was prepared for this moment. Excellent, excellent answer. And I just want to add, uh, there's a lot of grifters out there, and grifter, for people that may not know if you're a voter, a grifter is someone who uh, gets your donation, your $5, your, your $50, your $100, and they spend it on having a great time. Now, they may spend it on their campaign, too, but the definition of a grifter is that they're not spending it on the campaign. And I just want to let people know out here on the West Coast, uh, there is a candidate that, that's running that spent $36,000 on herself in addition to $30,000 for daycare. So that's $66,000 of donor money that was not used for campaigning. Now, I'm not saying that's illegal. I'm not saying the person did anything that was fraudulent. But what I am saying is that when you donate to Ruben, $5, $10, whatever you can afford, a dollar, that money is going toward towards Ruben getting his message out. And you just heard what the man does to get his message out. So donate $5, go to his website, ryoungforcongress.com and donate, click the donate link. And just by listening to what Ruben is saying, you can best be sure he's not gonna go out and buy a Tesla with it. He's not gonna go to some swanky hotel in Palm Beach and, and that's $300 a night or maybe $500 a night, depending on where you go. He's not going to be sitting up there eating steak and shrimp with the money because you see, you just heard what he does for his campaign. And listeners, that should give you the motivation to help this candidate out.
Now, I just want to say, when he mentioned, Ruben, when you mentioned you gave out 8,000 flyers, the, the people don't know. And I would doubt that any candidate that's running against you will do the same. But the people don't know that when you pass out 8,000 flyers, each one of those people may know five or 10 people. So yeah, if, that's right. if the candidate, if, if the person you passed out that flyer to knows 10 people, Instead of you passing out 8,000 flyers, you made 80,000 contacts. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I know that's true, because I used to be a vice president in, in, in sales in Los Angeles, and I run a consulting firm helping attorneys, dentists, CPAs, plastic surgeons, insurance brokers, and real estate brokers. And what happens is when you provide a great experience, when you give someone that you meet and they say, oh, I like the fact that Ruben is out here working to win this campaign. Those people are going to take your flyer, Ruben, and they're going to say, man, I'm calling Joe. I'm calling Pedro. I'm calling Maria. I'm calling Jock, the Haitian. I'm calling all these people to let them know that I met a candidate that's out here working for his campaign. He's working for us. He's not sitting back in a bubble bath. He's not sitting back, you know, trying to figure out the next real estate transaction he can buy. He's not sitting back wondering if the unions was going to send another 50 grand or 100, 100 grand for the campaign. Ruben Young is working. So, Ruben, I want to just uh, also say, and you could talk about this for a minute. Um, when you said you were lonely, people just don't know what he meant by that. We talked about within the last couple of days that members of the local GOP, I'm not going to mention their names, they have abandoned you. They have, treat, they have treated you like a, you are a, a, an ugly stepchild. Please talk about that. Okay, well, thank you, Rick. That's, a, that's an excellent. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, one of the things, I've been a grassroots campaigner for a long time, since 1989. I've been a, a union organizer. I worked uh, with, I volunteered my time uh, working with the Garden at Lighting Program, representing children, uh, served in the military. And I've always dedicated myself to whatever I'm doing. And so when I say that I'm lonely, it's because of the fact that I've reached out to a lot of groups, a lot of organizations, a lot of churches. I've asked for help. And it seems as if that the, the, uh, the, the verdict is in. They want to put somebody in that that where they can have the benefits, uh, someone that's not going to look out for uh, the people in the community, uh, look out for you know the, your neighbors and your friends, and ensure that the rights of the district is protected. They're looking at from a, a point of selfishness. They're looking out, looking at it from a point to where what this candidate is going to do for them. I'm for all the people. I'm, I'm fighting for we the people. So when I say that it's lonely out here, it's because everyone have uh, have. The, uh, turned their backs on, on my campaign and thinking because it doesn't have a lot of money in this uh, campaign account that that disqualified me. But that's not true. Because one of the things I have learned when, when I'm out and doing the work for myself, it doesn't require much money uh, for me because of the fact that I've been <clears throat> I've been at this for a long time. I've been doing this for a very long time. So, so I've developed a brand. 
I branded myself. Um, I branded myself in a, a many different ways. So I don't need a lot of money like a lot of the candidates. And those candidates raise a lot of money. They spend a lot of money on other people doing things for them because they don't know how to get out and do the candidate. They don't know how to get out and make the phone call. They don't know how to get out and, and call and raise the money that they need. So they need to bring in all these professionals, all these professionals, these professional employees that uh, work for money, uh, these uh, uh, professional staffers that work for money. That serves at, the, at that person's disadvantage because there's some things in life you must know how to do for yourself. So when they count me out, I count myself in. And when I'm out there, I'm actually doing my phone call. I'm actually uh, doing the canvassing. I'm going to shopping places like Walmart and Winn-Dixie and Publix. And I'm, I'm actually out here uh, talking and engaging and, and getting my message out. While the other person is sitting on the sideline and looking for other people to do that work for them. So do that make them a good candidate? Do that make a good selection for people to discount a, a working candidate by how much money they got in the campaign account? I took $18,000 when I ran for clerk of the court. That's a countywide, countywide clerk position. Uh, for Miami-Dade County. I spent about $18,000 and got 278,000 votes because I did it the exact same way. I went out, I put my own signs up, I put my own flyers out, I knocked on my own doors, I made my own phone calls. That That is why you raise money. You raise money so those things can get done, but not by you, by other people. So who's who have the advantage or who have the disadvantage? I'm a marketing promotion guy. I know what it what is required to cut my costs, and I am uh, to the I am the kind of person that I'm not going to waste money because if if something is three dollars and I can get that same thing for a dollar, I'm going with the dollar. If something is $5 and I can get that same thing for a dollar and 50 cents, I'm gonna get that for a dollar and 50 cents. I'm not gonna take people's money and because they give me that money, I have it. I'm gonna take that money and spend it on the most expensive consultant in the world or the most expensive printer in the world to try to get the type of quality or to fake it to fake it till I make it, to give me a, a false impression that I'm doing so well, that I'm doing quite good, and that that other person, that's not, that other candidate is struggling, he's not better than me, but that may be, that may be the diamond in the rough. I tell people all the time, 99% of all shots missed are the ones you just don't take. Sometimes we have to take a shot. We cannot look at a campaign or a candidate and, 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 and treat it the same way we've always been treating a campaign, treating these candidates, because the, the candidates out here braving the threat, taking on the insult, uh, going with the threat, uh, being chased by the dog, that's the, ch the candidate that want to serve. That's the candidate that wants this so badly because that candidate is running for the right reason. And I'm that candidate. And I'm running for the right reason because I believe in serving people. And I've seen what a lot of these congressional representatives have done over the years. And they're not doing the job that they raised their right hand and taken oath of office to do. They're not doing what they said they would do in protecting and defending the United States Constitution against all enemies, both the, uh, both the foreign and domestic. So Rick, that's what I mean by this journey, being abandoned, being left alone, being discounted, but I'm out there putting my best foot forward while a lot of these candidates raising a lot of money and they're sitting on the sideline. Because all they got to do is buy access. They're a candidate. 
that I, I went and looked at a campaign report. They raise millions of dollars, but they buy access because they give that money to other candidates. They give it to senators and they give it to other congressional representatives, hoping that they would give them an inside endorsement. But they ain't, they ain't put the work. You never see them. You never see them anywhere except for when election time comes and they do it again. So people have gotten comfortable with candidates raising money and giving it to them. And this is why they're doing what they're doing. Because if I had a million dollars, they'd probably flock around my campaign. But I, I tell folks, hey, I don't, want, I don't need a lot of money to do a lot of different things. I just need a little bit of money so I can get out there and do the advertisement and whatever I need the signs and whatever I need to get the message out. But uh, I haven't given, I haven't uh, discounted myself, Rick, because I'm in this to win it. Of course, of course. And I just want to give listeners some stats on what you just said. The last time you ran, you spent $18,000 and got about 278,000 votes. Listeners, that is approximately six cents per vote. That is six cents. Dollar sign zero point zero six cents per vote. Where I can tell you right now, some people, uh, well, some people aren't getting two hundred and seventy-eight thousand votes for one, and their the money that they raised that's on their fec.gov account. Listeners, please go to your candidate that that you you want to know about. And go to the go to fec.gov and look your candidate up. It's real easy. You can do it in 30 seconds and just look at how much money they have raised and then look at how much money they have spent. And some candidates have a negative balance. When I say negative balance, I don't mean like, okay, so they raised five thousand dollars and maybe they they've uh, they have a they spent six thousand. So they have a thousand dollar negative balance. I'm talking about candidates that have raised $100,000, $200,000, and they have negative balances of $15,000. That's just for an example. And I also want to say, Ruben, here at Real People, we're, we are helping you with the email campaign. And I will say within the next 30 days, once we add it all up, we would have sent out 21,000 emails. To District 25 voters, that's 21,000 emails. And if each one of those email recipients say, you know what, I got this 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 great email from Ruben Ruben Young running for Congress in Florida, District 25, let me forward this email to five of my friends. Ruben, if 21, see, we just I'm talking 30 days out. What happens when we get to 60 days out and 90 days out? We're talking about if five people refer or send or forward that email, if we send out 63,000 emails, that's over 300,000 people who will know about Ruben Young. And may I and may I add, we're sending these emails to Democrats, too. OK, because because Democrats are disgusted with the performance of the Democrat Party in D.C. and locally. They are disgusted with the Democrat Party. And uh, so, but let's move on to this subject. Uh, the, the topic of, of today's, the main topic, we got two we want to cover. We got about maybe uh, 25 minutes to go. 
but the topic is communism and communism is a is a is a touchy subject there in sunny south florida with our cubano uh, population i just want to add that members of my family my mother's side of the family uh, is is cuban i'm a third generation that's right a third generation cubano and you can't tell but maybe if i if i spend a couple of weeks in in, in south florida with with the people i'd be right back up to speed but the point i want to make is communism is starting to rear its ugly head and the way you can tell that communism is 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 coming around i'm not mainly talking about south florida i'm talking about the california experience and that's why floridians you don't want what's happening in california to hit florida but the way you can tell the communism thing is starting to grow legs is the government is trying to get you to do some crazy things right now they're trying to get you to inject something in your arm now they got something called the monkeypox that they're going to soon say you need an injection to stop the spread of the monkeypox and for for local people uh one of the things i want to say is when you when you see people like ruben i think you were talking to someone and uh they said uh so what are you a democrat or a republican and you told them i am a republican and this one guy you know a rarity he goes i no no i can't vote for you You see, mm-hmm. you see, that's the wrong idea. Because when you're looking at the potential of having communism in your face, then you you can forget about the Republican versus Democrat thing. That's that horse has left the barn. This is a new monster coming our way, and this has nothing to do with Republicans and and Democrats. This is more to do with them taking your freedoms away, your life, your liberty, and pursuit of happiness. So, Ruben, can you talk about, um, you know, you know, you know, we have a lot of uh, African Americans and and a lot of uh, you know people of, of of color there in South Florida, and right now, you know, we got some people that are still saying, "Well, I just can't vote for a Republican because of this and that." Please explain to people what life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness happiness is. That it is colorblind. Take it away, my friend. All right. So I had a I, I spoke uh, the other day when I was talking about the Constitution, and I talked about those rights that's derived within our Constitution and those rights that are inherent rights that are given to citizens of of a free a free country like America. We establish our political ideology from our liberty, freedom, and equality, and all these other things uh, that we believe as Americans. But when you see government. Uh, trying to take away uh, those freedoms by, by putting themselves uh, in a position where they want to control uh, how people think, what people should say, uh, what people should own, how, what how much money they should have in the bank. Uh, that that's form of communism. That's to telling the people that you 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 don't you don't you don't deserve freedoms. You don't have to deserve the freedom to have independent thought. Or freedom to give an opinion, or the freedom to decide uh, what you want to do, or freedom to start a business, or, or freedom not to start a business. Uh, you don't have the same liberties. And, and when you, you know, being an African American man, you know, I had came to myself. You know, I've always saw myself as an independent thinker. I've always saw myself 
thinking a lot differently than others. And but I was I was lost, and uh, now I'm found because I I, I know now that the, that the Republican Party has always been the party for African Americans to be a part of because of who was a part of this party. You know, we had. Frederick Douglass and Harriet Truman, Booker T. Washington, W.E.B. Du Bois and Martin Luther King, and uh, a, a, a whole lot of African Americans that that have gone on before me because of, of the struggle of freedom, of the struggle of being uh, uh, equal, the struggle of uh, being our own persons here in America, continuing to have the same uh, belief that we had in Africa because they say we. We was taken from Africa. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of us were brought here. A lot of families were brought here uh, involuntarily. But we are here, and so we, we. And this has always been our struggle. Uh, the, the the movement that we've uh, been a part of, uh, Marcus Garvey and his movement has been a, a movement of freedom, a movement of being a standing up and being a man, a movement of not cowing down to anybody, uh, being able to speak your mind. And you know, and, and, and this is why we vote. We vote with the with the sense of speaking our mind. We vote with the sense of putting people in positions that's going to uh, st- stand up for our beliefs, stand up for our freedom, stand up for our liberties, and and stand up for our families and our communities, stand up for our, 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 our being uh, self-governed because government can only uh, govern a person based upon the the consent of those being governor. That's what these freedoms are about. Not having some form of dictator or not having somebody to tell us how much food we should have, how much bread we should eat uh, on a day-to-day basis, how many children we should uh, give birth to. That contrary or contradicts what freedom is about. Uh, you know, and so when you deal with the African American, this is not something that happened overnight to our African American people. I, and I have to say, our people—they're my people. I, I mean, a lot of these people that are Democrats, uh, still Democrats. Those are my family members, and I can see the, the damage that, that has been done to their their minds. I can see the brainwashing that has been done to their mind because of what the founding principle of our freedom in our constitution. And those are the freedoms that we should be advocating on a day-to-day basis. Those equalities we should be advocating on a day-to-day basis, being able to elect people that's going to protect us, protect our interests, protect our neighborhoods, protect our freedom and our safety and our security, do the, everything that they need to do uh, under a, an established God that we trust. And so that's a form of communism when you don't enjoy those freedoms. Uh, somebody controlling your day-to-day movement, like in a lot of these black communities, uh, these, you, should, you can see the control of enforcement. Uh, you can't even go and stand on the street corner anymore and dialogue uh, with your neighbor, dialogue with a friend, a long, uh, long-time friend, without uh, being told that you know, that's illegal. Uh, you, you're not supposed to be standing on that corner or standing uh, in a places that you're not wanted. So we, we're free. You know, Harriet Tubman, they said once to her, uh, why don't you go back to Africa? And she kindly said in a, in a, in a resounding voice, uh, go back to Africa. And she said, you see these hands right here? Said, these are the hands 
that built America. And these, and, and, and this is where, where we're going to be free. Right, right here, right now. We are, we're pushing every day for our freedoms of being who we are here in America. This is why the 14th Amendment was passed, to, to include us and to, to, to ensure that we had the same level of citizenship. Natural born citizenship was the highest level of citizenship that you could have obtained. And this is what was given and was not just given, it was placed in a founding document called the Constitution. It was not a birthright citizenship amendment. It was a, an amendment that made us whole after we were freed by the Emancipation Proclamation. And so when you talk about real freedom, especially within the African-American community. And when you see that those freedoms and those liberties are not there and that they're constantly being taken away by people that do not have your best interests at heart, not uh, talking about talking to you about uh, free enterprise, but, it, but talking about, to you about social welfare programs, putting your children and your family in generational slavery to where they can never get up on their feet. And everybody comes here partaking in the American dream, but the African-American Democrats, the African-American community, some thinking that the Republican Party is not the party that they should be a part of, but it is the party that they should be a part of because Republicans are the defenders of liberty. They are the, the, the defenders of freedom, and they are the defenders of the United States Constitution. And it's the United States Constitution that's the key to breaking these chains of bondage. And this is why I will constantly get out and fight each and every day until the remaining of my African-American brothers and sisters catch up to me. Sometimes you have to love people more than they love themselves. And when they finally open their eyes, they will be able to appreciate what you was doing on their behalf. So I'm doing this on our behalf. I'm doing this on our church's behalf. And I'm doing it for we the people. Because we need voices that's going to protect us from communism. That's going to protect us from people trying each and every day trying to take away those inherent rights. Those rights that are placed within that document. Those that's rights right. that we... Those rights that we have under the First, the first Amendment. Where we can uh, 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 assemble and protest for better treatment in our government. And nobody's gonna do these for you. You have to do it for yourself. So it's not anybody else's responsibility to look out for you. If you find somebody to do that, fine. But you have to also take part in this melting part of democracy or this Republican form of government and fight for your rights yourself. Because they're not freedom is not free. It comes with a price. That's right. That's right. So so I just want to say I can't wait until you get past the primary because I just can't wait to uh, tell people what I think, uh, not personally about Debbie Wasserman Schultz, but about the Democrat Party. Because if you look at what the Democrats want to do, they want to give everybody a 400 square foot project apartment, an EBT card, you know, subsidized cable, uh, you know, some, you know, back, back, in the, back in the day when I was, when my mother was on welfare, it was powdered milk, some government cheese. Big cheese. Yeah, some, mm -hmm. some spam. Big old can of greasy spam. Mm -hmm. That's what the Democrats want. And I know a lot of people there in South Florida who are hip-hop artists. 
their 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 uh, bar owners, and this is not just blacks. Everybody across the board, they are these business owners because they live in a system that's not communist. So I I just I just want to you know just you know explain to people that if you want what you got and you're happy with what you got up until now, don't let these Democrats and their plans push you into further into some type of communism thing because you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it at all. So the last thing I want to talk about, Ruben, is you got this Broward County guy. I don't know him. You know him better than I do. I don't know him at all. And I'm just going to call the name that you told me. His name is Joe Scott, and he is in charge of Broward elections. And uh, your concern, based on what you told me, is there's a possibility of of some shenanigans going on because the shenanigans has all have already started uh, before uh, Governor DeSantis and his election integrity law he just passed. Please talk about that for about five minutes, and then we'll close out. All right. So Joe Scott is recently elected. Now, according to our state constitution, uh, his position is a nonpartisan position. Nonpartisan means that he's not supposed to uh, uh, be of an opinion either way. I mean, he's supposed to be in, in that position to help the state because he assists the state. There's no real law on the books that says a local supervisor of elections uh, have to be the one to uh, ensure that people go out and vote. I mean, that's, that's nothing in statute. But the Secretary of State, the Division of Elections uh, uh, under the Secretary of State, which is the uh, office that's over all elections in our state, they use these local supervisors of elections to assist them with the, with the technical assistance, the support that they need uh, to ensure that we have free and fair elections. But when you find people like uh, Joe, uh, Joe Scott, and I've been to meetings, and I heard Mr. Scott tell uh, uh, Democrats, he was in the Democratic meeting, he being called himself a Democrat, and he told them that when we passed, or when the governor, governor signed off on the uh, election integrity law, I think when, he, when, when we did, I think he uh, was SB90, I think it was SB90, and he got in front of everybody and said he was not going to uh, obey it, because that's a voter su- uh, suppression bill. And it restricts people's rights to voting. But you know, when the governor is the chief executive officer in our state, the legislature is the legal lawmaking body in our state, they pass a law. And him being a state officer, him being someone that's elected to assist the state with their day to day affairs, for him to say that he's not going to respect the law, he's not going to obey the law, and he's not going to check. When people turn in ballots, whether it be absentee ballots or mail-in ballots, he's not going to even check the signature. So he's set, he has set this whole scheme up for, for, to, to, for stealing elections. And so I think, Mr. Scott, I thought a lot of election fraud complaints against the ballot harvesting. I filed against the how he was doing the mail-in ballots. First thing that happened in Broward, there's a data breach, uh, alleged data breach. This, this happened twice that I'm aware of. There's a lead data breach. Uh, there's a lot of voting information uh, on those records that, that someone is hacking from the school board. So uh, the first time in 2020, it was like 30 pieces, I mean 30,000 pieces of breached information. That information was taken to an undisclosed location. 
without an investigation, without FDLE getting involved, without uh, FBI uh, getting involved, take to an undisclosed uh, location, individuals take ballots, and they fill them out. And allegedly may have signed off on the ballot. Because nobody, I mean, Mr. Scott wasn't going to check signatures. He said in the meeting, he's not checking anybody's signatures. So that gave them free reign to just put ballots through. Allegedly. I mean, I got to say allegedly. So they put these ballots through and they turned them in. And the candidate that they want to see win, they win. Uh, when we had last year election, you had a number of candidates running for state offices with an extra 30,000 million ballots or 30,000 absentee ballots. Those are candidates that won. We we had a data breach of 30,000 pieces of information that was breached from my school board because that, that information allegedly had voter information. And one of the things that they've got good at, you need an address, you need a name, you need a date of birth, and then you need somebody willing to, to sign the signature. If you remember in 2020, we had a lot of voters when they went down to vote, vote, a lot of senior citizens said that they was told that someone already voted, or that they already had voted, and they wouldn't let them vote a second time. And But these seniors walked away saying, but I did not vote. And at the time, Rick, I didn't see any connection. But when that happened again, just recently, in a special election for the Florida State Senate District 33 race, then I drew the connection. Because this time, 50,000 pieces of information was breached and no outcry for an investigation. Nobody in the school board said anything. And one of the persons that was in that race worked as a school board member, was a school board member when that took place. So no investigation, no other concern about election fraud. But I, but I still filed the complaint. I still sent the copy to the governor. I still sent the copy to FDLE. I sent the copy to the FBI. Because, and I also sent it to Mr. Joe Scott, which he never responded. He never said anything to me. He, he got more and more actively involved. And he showed a high level of arrogance by going to those uh, precincts and interfering with certain candidates, interfering with certain workers, and so on and so forth. So he's very bad. I think the governor should remove him. I think that we need to take our elections, uh, the handling of our elections, especially these congressional elections, we need to take them out the hands of the uh, supervisor of elections because that's, if you get a, a election official like a Mr. Scott who, who blatantly disregards our election laws, our state election laws, or our federal election laws, that becomes a danger to these fair elections. Because fair elections, according to general law, general statute, they're supposed to be separate from any other races out there because these are the races that make laws for the whole nation. These are the races that make laws for the whole country. But they mix these elections uh, with these local municipal elections or these county elections or these state elections. And these elections, from my past experience, they do all kinds of fraudulent things in these low-level elections. So when you throw congressional elections, you are overthrowing our country. This is why I think that the governor needs to have other uh, 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 entities or independent 
agencies or corporations or someone that deals with election uh, integrity that know how to efficiently maintain and run elections during an election year to oversee these elections and and you can still assist the state the state uh, department of uh, uh, department of state with our elections but it doesn't have to be administered by the local supervisor of election because that's where you have a lot of problems. You can prove election fraud when you see a violation by state law. They say, where's the physical evidence? The physical evidence is in the statutes that's being violated. In this state, they have 14 day early voting. But the statute reads seven day early, seven days early voting. So it gives early voting to those well-financed candidates that they want to see win. That's another level of fraud because that's in violation of our general law. That's in violation of our statute. And you, and we cannot be selective in which laws we respect and which laws that we obey. We're either going to uh, respect that law or we're going to abolish that law. The violation of one law invalidates all law. How can we be a nation of laws when we allow individuals like Joe Scott to violate our law, to break our law? That's not in law. That's not law enforcement. That's law breaking. So therefore, so therefore, we need people in these positions that's going to look out for the integrity of our election because we are changing our country to something else. We have people that not even citizens, not even citizens serving in our government. We need to be a, a, a better nation by vetting positions and making sure that the people who are holding these seats are natural born citizens or naturalized citizens or citizens of these United States of America. Because if not, we're going to be dealing with a whole different agenda. A whole different agenda. And you're going to see Americans, you're going to see them trade places. They become the Americans and we become the illegal immigrants. Uh oh, uh oh. Hey man, so close us out with your website and uh, then we'll come back on in a couple of days. But we need to keep our eye on Joe Scott because Joe Scott is the is the is the is the variable is the unknown variable in your elections. You can have all the votes that you needed, and then Joe Scott could say, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, please close us out." Okay, so my name is Ruben Young. I'm taking on David Walker's show. I'm running because I know that our country's in trouble. I'm running because I want to make a difference. Please support my campaign. I've been prepared for this moment. I've done a lot of uh, reading. I used to work for the Florida House of Representatives. I know how to draft bills. I know how to write bills. I know how to put things and make money requests so we can get this district service. Uh, so my website is ryoungforcongress.com. I will be in the August primary, August 23rd. And if you know anybody in uh, in those areas, Hollandale, Hollywood, Weston, David, Daniel uh, Boulevard, Daniel Beach, you know, Pembroke, Miramar, you know, Weston, please have them come out and vote for me. Give me an opportunity because when I get to that floor, it's going to be a whole different ball game. So again, my name is Ruben Young and I want to thank you, Rick. All right. So that was Ruben Young for Congress, Florida candidate, District 25, running against Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Ruben, take care. And until next time, bye-bye.